It is Saturday the 9th of September 2023 and this is The Future of Photography. The Future of Photography Hey Jeremiah, how you doing? Okay, doing okay here in California and uh, just starting to kind of roll into the fall season or you know, uh, what we call the new year. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. That's what it feels like. Kids start school, not ours. They're old, but um, <laughs> yours possibly. Uh, um, yes. So it's all kind of getting over the summer, whatever it was, and uh, back into uh, the new year. And of course, uh, here we have more COVID emerging in New York, Chicago, yeah. all over the place, and uh, coming to a city near you. <laughs> <laughs> Soon, no doubt, yeah. But, uh, you know, um, all good here on the Western Front. Okay, well, glad to hear it. So, yes, we, we have had a, we have a bit of you know, New Year and kids back to school and stuff like that, but we also have uh, this week a heat wave in the UK, so... Yeah, it's the, it's that classic time you remember as a kid when you went back to school after the summer and the first two weeks were still really blazing hot and it still felt it felt really unfair that you had to go to school, right? So, yeah, you know, well, uh, we, we've got exactly that right here. It's 30-odd degrees today and it's absolutely baking hot. So, um, it's uh, it, we had a fairly wet summer, so, you know, we're due a few nice days. But uh, Always great to see English... Uh, complaining about heat and weather yeah we we as a as a nation we we do have a very fine band our, our goldilocks zone as a nation right is is very finely tuned um yeah there's always something to complain about yeah it's part of being <laughs> british it's part of being british yeah, sort of where yeah. i was going and even when it and even uh when we when we're very happy about things we say things are not bad right so that's it it's like yeah it's, it's okay it's okay to be understated about such things <laughs> So, uh, today's topic is a combination of what is expected out of Apple next week and a a subject that's been on my mind for a while, which is um, making photographs versus taking photographs and how that may be um, kind of combined in some of the technology we're about to see or mm-hmm. some kind of technology we would like to see in coming advances, both on Apple's phone and others. Yeah. Um, we've touched on this before in some ways, like what would be your ideal camera one way or another, but uh, we'll root it a little bit in kind of reality expectations and um, let's see where we go with that. Um, Adrian, yeah. what do you know about Apple? All right, well, you know, it's a bit bearing in mind that I'm like one of the elite Apple insiders that knows everything. Of course, I've signed many, many NDAs, so I can only speculate in a way that is clearly ludicrous. Uh, no, I'm uh, joking, of course. Um, so uh, the it's interesting that the, trying to think about how we link the subject of making and taking photographs with with things. It's... I do feel that for the last few generations of phone, the phone has been making the photograph rather than me. <laughs> it's like 
Yeah, it's like I, I cannot find a situation with my my phone these days where if I take a photograph with my phone, it actually looks anything like what I was seeing. <laughs> so, so I yeah, it's um, I do feel so. Do I feel like I'm taking a photograph with my phone? No, because let me let let me just cut into that for oh, a moment. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. Is there a camera that exists or existed? that actually will take a photograph, whether it's sent to the drugstore and you get little pack after, whether you develop it yourself, um, whether it's a digital representation on the back of your screen on the camera, is an image ever what you saw, ever? That's number one question. And number two, and this is really coming from a very, very fantastic, legendary director of photography, Alan Davio, who has uh, since uh, died. But um, I have uh, worked a lot with him. And he used to tell me, this is referring to film dailies or rushes, as you call them, the daily um, output of cinema. But it would apply two photographs, and he said that dailies, rushes, are um, always better or worse than you intended. And I think (laughs) that that is probably true in photographs, that when you look at a photograph, having taken it, that moment of inspiration that made you want to click the shutter at that time, or was it a random kind of hose down of imagery <laughs> that you then selected later or something that you really worked at in terms of composition, lighting, studio work, and very, very kind of carefully considered the making of it. Once you see it, is it, in your opinion, Adrian, better or worse than the original moment of capture? Uh I have a facetious answer to that. Well, it's because it's like almost entirely always going to be one of those things, isn't it? Right? Because <laughs> well, it is. very, very rarely will you have such a fine-tuned expectation that that the photo that your camera generates is going to be exactly the same as what you thought it would. So, so, yeah. so my my slightly facetious answer, which is possibly not very helpful, but uh, is is that it's always going to be worse or better, right? Um, if By the way, if it was not, if it was what it is you expected, i.e. the moment that you were seeing it, you may just question, well, why am I taking this photograph? Possibly. Possibly. Although I do, you know, in the last however many years, uh, when when we've all been adopting mirrorless cameras, um, and I don't mean, you know, it's different on a phone screen, but, but you know, a, a dedicated camera that is mirrorless rather than with some kind of optical viewfinder. Uh, I, I I have got used to the luxury of seeing in the camera what the photo is going to look like. I especially do that when I'm, yeah, especially when I'm out shooting in uh, bright light in the middle of the day and you know i'm using the uh yeah I, I'm, I'm very carefully um setting the exposure sim- simply by moving the viewfinder yeah mo- moving what the camera is pointing at and letting it react and then and then you know um capturing and freezing freezing the exposure you know when i when it does what i want it to do so you know and that can be done sometimes with 
uh, spot metering rather than matrix metering and sometimes it's just by literally by waving the camera around as you look through and go yeah that'll do I'll half press the shutter there then I'll go and recompose so I have got very used to the, the the luxury of that and that I suppose is a situation where what the camera gives you is what you were expecting but I, I again I suspect that's not the most helpful answer com- to, to the the quote from your cinematographer so <laughs> See, I I always feel that one of the wonders of photography is that spectacular moment of surprise or disappointment, Uh, because often the disappointment is a learning curve of, well, why didn't it turn out as good as I expected? Or I didn't really see that compositional element on the left side of of, of the frame. How could I be, you know, and then... Am I purist enough to blow it up or do I just stay with the actual frame in camera? Um, (laughs) All of these things are, are, you know, take you on the continuing journey of making or taking photographs. Having made photographs in studio under controlled environments um, for clients, for example, is very, very different because the client may have, or the art director in a case of advertising, have a very, very specific, dedicated storyboard or concept drawing that they need illustrated uh, in a photograph. And in that way, it's carefully considered. uh, It's done to the point where everyone is happy with the outcome because it represents the initial um, quote, initiative, unquote. Mm-hmm. So, um, but in terms of the artistic uh, endorphin rush, I would say that those pictures are never elated. One, one tends to go, yeah, job well done, professionally done. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. You know, and often they could exceed um, the intention, that's for certain. But I think there's something about walking with a camera, going outside, no real idea of what you're going to do, and then being inspired by just the moment, taking the picture and having that picture be even more representative of the feeling that you had rather than the image that you had. And that's all fun. That's all great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, 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 yeah, it prompts a thought. It's a, it's a slightly tangential thought, but, but sort of go, going back to, to the phone thing, it's like, actually, maybe if I'm, if I'm not feeling that what the phone generates is what I'm expecting, that might be because I've spent so long trying to train my eyes to see, uh, you know, in, in a different way. Maybe most people who use their phones actually like that the phone does give them what they expect to see well, you know, the sky is the sky is blue well we all know the sky is blue don't we so you know, when you take though? a phone, how, how blue is blue though <laughs> well it's as blue as the phone wants it to be right it's, <laughs> it's like so uh you know because uh, uh, having spent uh, you know you you've spent many many years training yourself to see light training yourself to see color i've i've spent similarly yeah, a, a good number of years now trying to trying to train my eyes to see light you know and and color many most people i suppose don't have that advantage 
or, or disadvantage. Maybe it's a disadvantage yeah, on our part. Uh, it, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it's either uh, an advantage or a dis- disadvantage because often I was speaking to one of my neighbors and, and they are, in fact, uh, quite popular fashion photographers. Um, and and we were just, we were talking about that very thing about how you approach an image uh, in terms of the light color and overall sense of excitement. And, and that, that excitement is both in the capture or the moment or the, the final uh, representation or, or in the actual moment before you take the photograph, just the opportunity that you're given to, to be present. All of these things are by way of saying, if the camera was taking you on a journey, what kind of journey would you like a new camera because often a new camera is inspiring. And yeah, it doesn't yeah. have to be an expensive camera. It could be just a point and shoot, a pinhole, uh, or it could be a Hasselblad or a Leica or a large format. But often the discipline of a new machine uh, will will inspire you to push through. It's very similar, I, I think, as a filmmaker. When I've uh, worked um, in language not of my own in other words in eastern europe or asia or whatnot where i have to work with translators um or a crew that that doesn't speak my language i have to be extra focused on how i translate what i need at that moment and i find that that is really uh exciting for me, not to take for granted that what I'm doing with my normal crews, which is like, hey, blah, blah. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, we have to do. It's a way of kind of self-governing. Uh, it's a way of reanalyzing how you're approaching the work. Uh, and that's that's just a linguistic uh, challenge. But with a new camera, you also are confronted with, well, is this something that I can just take a picture quickly or do I have to put it on a tripod? Or uh, if it's on a tripod, how carefully do I consider the composition? Is it automatic exposure? Do I like the the kind of mean exposure that it's going to give me or do I want it to feel more moody, more light? These are things that technically really are fun, especially if you've fallen into sort of a laziness or a a hole. Um, So what do you look for when a new iPhone comes up? What's the first thing that you want to know about it? You know it makes a call. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So that's a really good point. I am... I, I'm not above being interested in the to- in, in the toys and gimmicks. I remember when they bought the first LiDAR one out and I got one of those and I was like, oh, I played around with that, you know, and made some 3D images and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, that, that's quite cool. But it, it I didn't take it into the realm of trying to do any serious work with it. But I, but there's a few few images that I made with that that were interesting. Um, I, I think at this point, right, there's two two things would would 
get me to upgrade right and bear in mind that my phone at the moment is only two years old so it's unlikely that i'm going to be buying a new phone um i am quite tempted to buy a new apple watch actually because my apple watch is old now and no longer supported so i, I might buy a watch but um the uh, yeah, you see you've got one on. i've got one on but it's a really uh, mine's a series three and they're up to about eight now so <laughs> um so I think two things. One is if they do another iPhone mini, because for me, phones are just too big, right? And, and you know, if you're going to use it as a camera, you don't want this massive, unwieldy yeah, slab of technology. You know? um, and the other thing would be if they if there was elements of where you could... Um, you could change the way that raw pipeline works the 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 pro raw pipeline and you could tweak that so i probably massively toned down the the dynamic range impact of of that workflow so you know i i'm i'm not a fan of what i call every you know so, so the thing everybody calls what everybody calls high dynamic range is actually totally the opposite what you're doing is you're compressing all of the things in your in your picture to a very small dynamic range and giving them all a very similar level of brightness so i i prefer a big tonal range in my images rather than a small tonal range but hey that's just a thing i apologize for the overhead of planes um <laughs> uh i have the complete opposite view okay you on what i look for in in the phone the first thing i of course check is well uh how big are the files going to be captured? Do I have enough memory? What the pixel pixel dynamic is? You know what I mean? Is it 16, 24, 48, whatever it is? Yeah. And I want a high gamma. In other words, I, I want a for real dynamic range. Okay. You know, 12, yeah, yeah. 15, 16. Uh, if I was looking for something in a iPhone that I think would be my best case that I would just rush out and buy it would be an integration of the Apple workflow in the camera. In other words, the intelligence mm -hmm. integrated with something like Topaz, uh, a sharpener, okay. so that I can take a photo and output it with the same sharpness as an eight by 10 negative <laughs> how in other words use the ai to define what each pixel should be um and also do it in a way that keeps the image compressed until i unpack it in lightroom or similar okay so so let's work that so let's do a little bit of mental arithmetic then i'll probably get this wrong but let's say you wanted to print at 300 dpi mm. okay and you want to print at 8 by 10 right so so your or you want the resolution of an 8 by 10 negative but let, let's just say for the sake of this conversation it's 300 dpi so that's 8 times 3 which is like 2400 on the short side and 10 times 3 which is 3000 so that's about six and a half meg no seven and a half megapixels <laughs> so so with a seven and a half megapixel camera you could have you could print eight by ten at 300 dpi i think unless i've got my maths wrong yeah eight by ten it's like uh for me postage stamp <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah 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 okay so what if you wanted to print something 30 by 50 
inches. You know that that's see, with sharpness, yes. and and that, that, that'd be quite big at at three hundred DPI. That's quite a lot, isn't yeah. it? Because because that's thirty t- thirty times three hundred is is nine thousand, right? So so that's nine thousand by about twelve thousand DPI. So that's twelve nine so hundred. That's a hundred megapixel image you want there, then easily yes. Um, in raw, and then if you know processed, could be more. Um, so I think I think Samsung or somebody made a phone with a hundred megapixel camera, didn't they? Yeah, I don't think it's about that <laughs> only, though. I mean, because it is about the lens chip combination and the software that uh, interpolates everything that it sees in order to create a file that would output with the illusion of something else. They, you know, that's my off the cuff. Yeah, so I would love to carry around um, something that emulates a very, very large format camera to capture every little detail and then be able to kind of uh, move it down as the output dictates. In other words, obviously, if I'm putting it on a website, I want it to be 72 and I don't want it to load slow. So maybe oh, yeah, but image... that's just that. Yeah, you could just yeah. resize the image for that, can't you? So that's no bother. That's right. And, um, you know, in an ideal world, the image itself um, would be able to be stored in the cloud from the moment of capture rather than on the device, unless I determined otherwise so that if you're taking 10 hundred megapixel images um you're not you know crowding your uh, hard drive on the film yeah, yeah. on mm-hmm. the uh on the phone you know on some of my cameras like if if you work with a Hasselblad uh medium format digital camera those those files are over 100 megapixels mm-hmm. megabytes per shot uh, but there's you know enough um enough room on the camera and of course you have you can interchange all your chips and all the rest of it yeah, yeah, but yeah. Mm. um practically speaking it would be just great to carry around a phone that captures massive amounts of data that's immediately piped into the cloud that you then can use at your discretion to download you know uh, down put it as you need to, in other <laughs> words, for input in various devices. So that's something I would love to see. And it, I think I'm really saying that I would love to see a sharpening AI software integrated into the iPhone. And I don't think that's a difficult thing, easy for me to say, a difficult <laughs> thing for them to do. So it's a, it's a request. I think they should have, they, 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 there should be enough compute for some of that now. Um, I mean, there's a lot of. I know Apple don't use the phrase AI; they 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 refer to machine learning and things like that. But but they they there's enough compute on the on the phones now that they can do those sorts of things. So sharpening should be okay. So yeah. interesting. So so it, yeah, okay. Uh, that that's so so let, let's let's try and take this into the realms of, of um making and taking photos again so so when i'm using a phone i tend to feel like i'm capturing something so i'm taking 
and then the phone is making because it has this very very sophisticated and convoluted image pipeline and i absolutely accept that no photograph ever is a, is a anything uh as, as a other than a a shadow of reality right or or an interpretation yeah, of reality whether, so that, whether chemical you know or software yeah, yeah um so why do i feel that the 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 phone photos are over processed then is that is that me not being dialed into the current modality the the current the current expectation is it that me being old-fashioned i suppose it is in well, a way, isn't it <laughs> I, I think the question is what is overprocessed? you know to some you know a flared out neon lit uh you know high contrast image is just what they like and what they want to see in every single image another time you want that kind of washed out almost overexposed 50s low contrast uh, like claire you know her claire mm-hmm. pictures yeah yeah you know that kind of like washy thing, yeah, which yeah. has it which is its own aesthetic and and you know, I say to each his own. I, I do like the idea of dialing in or being able to dial in in a very, very detailed way an aesthetic uh, into one's phone rather than into one's post-production process to capture so that not only will it capture, quote, raw or whatever the current equivalent is yeah. of raw, but also have it processed in such a way, and not necessarily JPEG, probably PNG would be a little more suited to my workflow, but um, certainly you wouldn't want it. TIFF, it seems a little bit overblown and you know jammed up in terms of memory for uh, unnecessarily. Um, but being able to say, I want my phone to take uh you know png images i'd like it i'd like generally to output it at 14 and a half inches by 22 inches at 300 dpi and uh, at the web at you know six by six is 72 and i'd like all of those available to me so i don't have to go through uh, the mechanisms of mm-hmm you know, reshuffling my images for different outputs, one for print, one for web. Um, That would be a real advantage to someone using an iPhone uh, as a main camera, I'd say. Not that I could do that on any of my cameras. Maybe I can, you know, where you have RAW and and JPEG, but I'm, you know, I don't, on my cameras, I shoot RAW and I don't think about anything else. But on the iPhone, I would definitely like um, sharper images, better lenses, um, you know, uh, and AI to sharpen, but not fake sharpen to actually go pixel by pixel and go, that's the hair on a head. I know average what the size of a hair is. Therefore, that blurry stuff over here should have individuated hairs. Um, You know, I know that behind Adrian, there's a picture frame. So that edge of the picture frame is wood and should be crisp. 
Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that the plant behind him has leaves and the edges of the leaves may not be as crisp as the wood is just because of their makeup. But to look at the reality of it and interpret, and I think we're getting close to this. Certainly we are in software once we output it into various, um, I would call them rudimentary sharpening software applications like Topaz, Big BNG, yeah. mm -hmm. any. Um, all of these are, are good, but they are not what I'd call reality-based. In other words, the sharpness on a plant is different than the sharpness of a piece of wood yeah. on yeah, yeah. steel, in this light, in that light. You know, uh, hair that's a little greasy is different than hair that's a little dry. So being able to read that or interpret that is something that I would love to see in a camera, certainly in an iPhone that's interesting i bet you and then you'll also want to use voice dictation to change those you'd like to say no that that yeah the, this this photo yeah this person's hair is too greasy make it more glossy <laughs> exactly yes that's exactly right um <laughs> so in terms of the future of photography and i know you know we'll, we'll spend another episode talking about taking versus making because you know looking for help in hardware um is something that as soon as it's delivered, we want more. Oh, yes, very much so, yes. And and why is that? Um, what do you think? It's So I, I, I do struggle with this because, because I don't – I'm not the person that reaches for more all the time, and yet even I'm not immune to it. So, I, yeah, and, and so it's really – it's interesting because I know that actually, you know, that the, the cameras that I own today are perfectly, perfectly uh, capable for, for to, to do to make any kind of art that I would like, you know, and sharp enough that, you know, that I could print them big and still be sharp and, you know, and clever enough that they can, you know, get exposure right, even when I'm not bothering to pay attention. You know, so. Uh, and yeah, I still look forward to hearing what's going to be in the new phone or what's going to be in your new camera. I mean, I mentioned to you before we hit record today that uh, one of my favourite cameras has recently been taken off the market, and that's the Olympus TG6, the tough camera. And I use that as my go-to point-and-shoot camera, and I take it to a lot of places, right? And and it's the camera that, if I'm worried about any other cameras, I just take that one, right? Because it, it'll survive most things. Um I dropped it in the bottom of a Canadian river the other week and, and then we just picked it up from the riverbed and it was perfectly okay, right? Yeah, it's that kind of thing. Um, but I, I'm like, wow, what's, what's the, are they going to bring out a new one? What's the, what's the new one going to have in it? It's like, oh, that, that'd be, what, what if they're going to upgrade it and they're going to, you know, can they make it, you know, what can they do? And funnily enough, I want in that camera, I want more computational capability. So the the, the camera I have today is it's because it's a point and shoot and it's a small form factor it is a small sensor and it doesn't have all of that computational pipeline uh, to process the images now because of that i actually mostly prefer the, the the look that i get from that camera than i do from my phone because it's 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 less post-processed after the capture and so it it's maybe maybe i like it because it's closer to what i'm trying to achieve i don't know but the 
I'm going to challenge you. Go, go on. Yeah, please do. I, I, I'm going to say, let's say that I had a uh, an input button on an iPhone or any camera mm-hmm. that allowed you, Adrian, to create or import a format of a zine that I was putting out. Mm-hmm. In other words, this is the layout of the zine, maybe a couple of pages that have multiple images and a full bleed and all the rest of it. And you went out and you took a picture and you could go add to zine. And (laughs) by the time the zine was at its 32 page or 17 page, whatever Whatever you you had set, you would just hit output. It would send it to the printers and you would receive it. You wouldn't have to do any layout, any anything, but you could immediately generate a printed zine formatted in the camera with the images that you selected. Uh, I'm going to, I accept your challenge and I'm going (laughs) to say, no, I don't want that. And the reason I don't want that is because I enjoyed the process of putting it together. I mean, it's not something I've only really done properly once, although I'm, I'm toying with other things in the background, but so, so for me, um, a simplified, process for that would be great but i still want to be the person that's that's deciding and actually um my next thing that i'm going to be trying because i'm i'm in a bit of a kick to get away from doing work with screens at the moment and and spend more time doing things with more physical stuff so my next my the next thing on my creative to-do list is to start doing layouts for a new zine but doing them physically Right, so, so, so to take to take because the the zine will be you know, an A five size zine, I suspect, just just for ease of of stuff. So, so a spread, of course, will be A four. So, all I need is a page of A four paper, and I can start doing the spreads physically. Um, maybe there could be some Instax stuck to that page. Maybe there there could be some handwritten text. Maybe there there could be all sorts of stuff. Right? It it it, it matters not. Right? And then the idea being is that what would happen is that I would then scan those is the idea i'm playing with at the moment scan those spreads to then become the spreads for the zine so you'd use uh you know you could use markers and pens and scotch tape and masking tape and bend corners and all kinds of papers and just make it look like a notebook really Uh, yeah kind of yeah and that's 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 just because that where, that's where my head is at the moment. I'm sure. spending way too that's much time good, on screens aesthetic. at the moment. And yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, they're, they're, yeah, they're, it, it, it fits with the, it's an aesthetic that I personally like, uh, but it also fits with the fact that I spend way too much time in front of computer screens at the moment. And I'm trying to figure out how to spend less time. So, so if I can get my creative stuff to be more real world and less computer world, then that that makes me a happy bunny, right? Because I'm spending less time in front of my computer. I appreciate the computer for the tool it is, but I don't. A bit like you, I mean, you work in many many different media, don't you? So and yeah. and I typically don't. And what I'm trying to do is to add different experiences to the creative workflow that I've got and experiment with some new things. So so um, what I would love though, which would make life easier, is things like if I had a new point and shoot, I'd like it to seamlessly transfer files to the phone in a way that works right because most of the cameras i've got where i've ever tried that it always just fails you know it's uh so something that just works 
right where a camera yeah and let's say it's bluetooth for the sake of the conversation um you know you did the two things are connected you take a picture and it transfers it to the camera and i know there are plenty of cameras with bluetooth in and they all say they can do that these days my experience has been that rarely does it actually work the way you'd expect it to or want it to so that would be good um and it would be and, and it would be good to have you know uh wouldn't maybe that's what i'd look for in a new phone maybe maybe phone maybe that's it phone as recipient source. phone as recipient open. of photo rather than that's phone it. as maker I, of photo I, I think that's good especially if there was a standard that all camera manufacturers could use so that you wouldn't have to have the individual software by Nikon, by yeah. Olympus, mm-hmm. by, you know what I mean? That, that if you have a camera, Bluetooth, there's your pictures. Yeah, yeah. You know you what could. I mean? A version, whether it's uh, JPEG or some format that camera manufacturers all decided would be beneficial. I think that would be great. Yeah, that, would, would, that be would be seamless. Yeah, that would that would be really useful. Because I've used all kinds of those kinds of transfers, and you're you're kind of right. I mean, uh, again, um, Leica do, does have one that works pretty well, um, but it's all very fussy and fiddly. I mean, even using the well, I'm using the old Instax printer, which you have to go to Wi-Fi have a generator. Ah, and, yeah, you mentioned this the other week. Yeah, you've got yeah, to get the new yeah, one. You've got to get the uh, new one. It's so much yeah. better. <clears throat> yeah, and and all it is is going to save me five ten seconds. But it's the <laughs> friction, though. It's the friction. So you know, it's in the process. So for me, you know, doing that with that with the older printer that I've got that is Wi-Fi, um, it, it, if you can remove that friction from the creative flow, then you can create more, right? Other, and it becomes less of a technical exercise and less of an engineering troubleshooting exercise, right? Yeah, exactly right. So I'm all for having. A, a, a you know an easier path and a, and a reduced you know a reduced level of, of friction so yeah that would be that would be really interesting actually you know iphone as recipient of photos you know it built into the operating system that would be cool yeah. you know like that then you don't you don't have to worry about booting up an app or anything like that you can just say right okay i'm bluetoothed in and you know the type of bluetooth connection i've got is camera and well, therefore phone expect like, like headphones headphones like work headphones, like yeah. that do you know, the, the, I tell you what, uh, on the Mac, you'll have used this over the years, um, the image capture application on a Mac, right, which used to be the way that you, it, long before they had things like iPhoto and what have you, you used to have, a, I think it's still on most Macs. Um, you can you you can uh, call up image capture as the application and then it will, re, it will allow you to preview uh, the images on your camera's memory card before you import them and you can just it's just like a, a clever finder file um, app really that used to be quite good i used to like that but just have it just built in just built in. <laughs> so we, we, this is a lovely conversation i'm enjoying this conversation very much it's a bit rambly so listeners if you're struggling struggling to follow the thread of the conversation apologies for that but we are you know we are we are speculating about things we'd like so i would love um I, I would love also a phone with just that's just easier to use to take cameras. I know that I know that phones have to be you know rectangular slabs and they have to be flat and thin and stuff like that. But it doesn't half make them difficult to take photos with. 
<laughs> people, what about a th- how about this? How about a first party camera accessory for the iPhone? Right, that is, yeah, because you can buy grips that Bluetooth in and give you a shutter button and stuff like that. But what what would your ideal Apple first party, uh, you know, Apple branded iPhone hardware accessory look like? What would that look like to you? Uh, it would look very much like the the what I I purchased one of these. It's a um, magnetic, so it works on the iPhone just like that. Boom, connects very very quickly. It has a shutter button, and it charges the phone. Okay, that's that's pretty and it cool. works really well. I suspect that if Apple made it, it would have a few more bells and whistles. But I. I Really, I use it. I like it. It gives a different kind of feeling when you're using a shutter button and and the phone. Mm-hmm. It's more emulating of the feel of a camera. Not quite, but it's it's a little different. Um, and it's kind of always available. Like if it's on your camera, generally, or on your phone, you're going to be using it to take pictures. Yeah, yeah. But Often I'll just slap it on and charge the phone with it too. That's cool. So um, does it have things like an exposure compensation dial? Because that would be nothing. Cool. Yeah, it has nothing See, that, like that. That's what I'd want from a first party. So Apple could tune it into you know that if they're building it and they're specking it, they could tune it into the APIs in the camera app, right? So you could say, okay, rather than having to put your finger on the screen and drag it up and down, which I always find really fiddly. You yeah. can just have your, yeah, you know, it's like, no, do it. Analog, go analog, yeah. Uh, not, not analog fully. feeling. Not fully, because no, no, no. you, you don't need an aperture, you don't need an aperture ring for a, for a lens that has a fixed aperture, right? So you don't need that. It might be useful to have a, well, a shutter wait, speed. If, if you had a, a emulated aperture, which controlled the bokeh of the background, Yes, because you do. Yeah, uh, yes, okay, yeah. That was so. Even though it's a small chip and a small lens, theoretically everything's in focus. But if you had the intelligence built into the machine that allowed you to emulate using something that was a one four or a f sixteen, so, so you could do that. That would be good. You can do like that, that in editing these days, can't you? Because you sure have you a, a portrait mode, and you can sure that having it. Yeah, so you could, couldn't you? You could dial that yeah. up or down. Yeah. That, that's, that would be an interesting. You see, that's the Shut- sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Shutter speed would be great. So that kind of compensation, three seconds. Yeah, because it's very difficult to drag the shutter. Very difficult to drag the shutter on an iPhone. So if you want to take uh, just a cliched image, but one that everybody will know, your picture of uh, a bright red London bus uh, with a blurry background because you've panned with the bus, right? And you've tracked it. So a, a completely cliched image, but everybody's got to shoot them. To this day, I still love taking photos of big red London buses and black London cabs as well, doing exactly that just because it's fun, even though it's, it's yeah, it's been done. And you can only get them there. Uh, oh, no, you can get red London, red buses anywhere these days. But, yeah, but um, they're more touristy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they're not for real. Uh, <laughs> But but everybody knows or or little mopeds or whatever yeah that sort of thing. But anyway, the point being is that it's very difficult to do that on an iPhone, right? Because you so don't, if you Apple is listening to this, uh, just dial it up for your next P 
piece yeah, of it's, hardware. Because the announcements are next week. I, fe- I suspect they've frozen <laughs> the code by now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but these are some of the things that uh, your big fans would like to see. Yeah, it'd be nice. It'd be nice to to have something like that. It would, yeah, definitely. Cool. Okay. Well, I um, uh, I look forward to text. ordering my new iPhone, whatever number. What number is it? Fifteens. iPhone fifteens next week. Yeah. Um. I with, with that with all of those features that we've just defined as the users, so the uh, user defined features definitely. Uh, and uh, I look forward to being able to place the order for my my Apple f- camera handset and. <laughs> <laughs> all those sorts of things <laughs> cool so picks of the week yeah over to you on this one i'm afraid i do not have a pick of the week this week sorry that is very bad of me so what have you got my pick of the week is really um tends to be something visual not really great for just uh, audio so i may i may just save it but uh, i'll mention it uh, because i've just Upgraded, not upgraded, but I've just refreshed the imagery on one of my websites. Ah, okay. Uh, so I invite um, gawkers, lookers, critics, etc., to um, go down that rabbit hole, and that would be at tinroof dot studio. Ah, so, okay. Um, and that, that's the it, website, if I remember rightly, where you record a lot of your hybrid AI work and your experimentation stuff. Yes, this is all uh, work that's done through software. And um, there's really interesting examples of kind of organic things and highly sharp things. Um, all manner of things constructed with various different pieces of software. On Chechik.com, I do have a new folio where I've managed to edit some of my Antarctic pictures. So that's that's in the camera work folio as well as some street photography from all over the world, which I've put up. So both from soup to nuts, street work that I've done with real cameras (laughs) um, to complete software generation of imagery, um, one is at chechik.com or tinroof.com, and the other is at tinroof.studio. Okay. And uh, there you go. All right, brilliant. Well, thank you. I should go and have a look at those then. And links in the show notes, folks, as well to those, um, of course. Cool. All right. Well, there we go then. That is another future of photography. Um, you know, uh, we heard, uh, had a, a text message from Chris earlier today before we recorded saying uh, he's in Romania at the moment. So he, he's made it there, which is great. Uh, apparently he's having a good time. Uh, and uh, you know, uh, I'm somewhat envious, actually. I'd imagine it'd be quite nice. You know, um, I think the weather all across Europe is... At least, uh, at least as far as Germany anyway not that he's in Germany anymore um, is uh, pre- pretty good at the moment so I hope he's having a great time and um, he'll be back with us in a few weeks but in the meantime thank you everybody for listening and we will see you soon take care goodbye bye bye you've been listening to The Future of Photography Subscribe to the show wherever you get your other podcasts. Find the show notes and more information at thefutureofphotography.com. Hold up. 